Hilliard, right wing between the rings. She's a sophomore, goes over to Fitcher, right elbow. Doesn't take the shot, she stopped the dribble. She has to pass it, and she does to Coons, right wing. Coons got it by Uha. Coons still has it. Now to Hilliard, right wing. Guarded by Miles. Hilliard trying to drive, now kicks it over to Fitcher. Baseline jumper, that's good from 10 feet. Welcome to Athletes Interrupted. Candid discussions about the challenges, grit, and resilience of current and former collegiate athletes as they entered and exited both the academic and athletic world of college and collegiate sports. The accounts were recorded on campus by students and faculty, creating a candid look into their personal stories and experience. The interviews were conducted by Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn, currently a professor at Sacramento State, and Bethany Crouch, student, athlete, and academic success coordinator at the university. Megan Critcher is a former Sacramento State women's basketball student athlete. Prior to college, she played four years of varsity volleyball and basketball at Pioneer High School in Woodland. In her senior basketball season, she was one of the top in the country for blocks, was awarded MVP of the league, and was nominated as a McDonald's All-American. She began her collegiate athletics at UC Santa Barbara and after two years transferred to Sacramento State where she played out her eligibility. The Hornets made back-to-back -back playoff appearances during her tenure. She set a school record for blocks in a single season and finished top three in the country for blocks per game. Megan recently retired from playing basketball professionally overseas for the past five years and currently coaches women's basketball at William Jessup University. So Megan, we're so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. I, yeah, I graduated from Sac State six years ago now and been playing basketball professionally um, up until about a year ago. And I'm excited. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're excited to kind of dive in and learn about your journey because there are many events. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the like, end of it. Yeah. Right. So let's go ahead and kind of start off then with how you got into sports and how this yeah. eventually led you to the collegiate level. Yeah, so it started very young. I have two older sisters and a younger brother. So um, we were a very sporty family. <laughs> All of us played at least two or three sports. So my oldest sister, well, we all played basketball and grew up playing soccer and volleyball, but eventually I, I didn't start volleyball until about junior high, but I think I started basketball and soccer when I was like five. Mm. So yeah, so then <clears throat> I pretty much, I've always loved basketball. At some point, doing club and everything, I had to decide whether I wanted to do basketball and volleyball and I, I really loved both so I think I did club volleyball for about a year in junior high and then I was doing AU too but and it's AU very expensive. AU is um, like club for basketball in high school. Amateur Athletics Union I think is what it stands for but yeah so it's yeah it's the club uh, system for ba younger basketball players. But yeah, so it gets very expensive, obviously. <laughs> so my parents were like, you need to choose. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, I always, I had, basketball was always kind of just what I wanted to do. Was, I just naturally came into that decision. And then, yeah, I played high school, played AU, everything through high school. I, so I did it year round besides the time that I was playing volleyball in high school. I only played soccer up until high school, and then I just did volleyball and basketball. But so vol volleyball kind of has a special place in my heart. It was mm -hmm. like my time away from basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and then freshman, sophomore year, I started getting recruited. I've always been very tall and 6'4". So I was six foot in sixth grade. <laughs> I've had coaches drooling over me since I was 12 so mm -hmm. <laughs> or even earlier than that probably because I, they played my sisters played for them mm -hmm. and they knew me and we grew up in a very small town in Woodland so yeah so then started getting recruited in high school play I, I was a hard decision I was pretty heavily recruited ended up getting nominated McDonald's All-American the uh, my senior year and Went on a few visits, really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I went to 
uh, camp at UC Santa Barbara and really fell in love with the campus. I mean, I don't know how yeah, you don't, yeah. <laughs> but um, I really loved the coach there. He was very post-oriented and great guy, really cared about um, the players and uh, the actual players and not just how they played, but their personalities and everything. That's what I really liked. So I ended up burbling and committing there and signed. And it was me and one other girl. Uh, she's actually from Sacramento too, Emily Johnson. We both went in together. We were both freshmen. Then the summer before I was supposed to start at UC Santa Barbara, I got a call from my coach saying that he was retiring. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of threw everything off. I could have tried to transfer and go to a different school, but I decided to stick it out and stay there and got a new coach. Yeah, first couple years were, I, it's always a big transition. <laughs> but uh, for me, I ended up having knee surgery my freshman year. I'd never had a major injury in my life, ankles and stuff, but that's pretty normal. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then, so I redshirted my freshman year, ended up playing my sophomore year, and didn't, didn't really work out how I wanted, to, wanted it to, things just weren't really going how I wanted it to, Was didn't play much, and I was very frustrated, and as much as that beautiful school is how much how fun it is, <laughs> it really, if basketball or whatever you're doing is not working kind of life is miserable so mm -hmm. I decided to transfer wasn't sure where I wanted to go and out of high school I did not want to stay in Sa Sacramento so I decided to transfer after being away for two years I thought Sacramento wasn't too bad mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah I decided to transfer over here and I I love Sac State I really love my coaches and it was a really fun three years. <laughs> so maybe you can talk a little bit about the notion of when you said that, well, the transition was hard. Going from high school, you're usually, especially if you're recruited to D1 schools, you're usually the best in the area or one of the best, depending on where you are. So I was, I was always one of the tallest and had to definitely work hard for what I got, but kind of had an advantage that way but when you get to college it's kind of an even playing field at that point and you kind of go back down to the bottom of the barrel so that was definitely a big transition I also when I got there I felt like I was playing really well doing really well my teammates were really excited and I was really excited for the season so when I got hurt that really threw everything off too. So I think that was another big thing that was thrown at me. And um, I think that made the transition way harder than it probably could have been. But I always say that everything happens for a reason. I don't, I don't regret that any of that happened. But the transition also with school, going from high school. Yeah. And UC Santa Barbara is a very good school. I think it is or I know it was a top 100 at that time and that school is never my favorite subject <laughs> um, but I I never I was always I had good grades through high school and everything but it it's never been a strong thing for me but I I I did well I I didn't struggle too much those first couple years it was a hard school to to get used to um I also with everything with basketball you have to manage your time and I did not know how to do that the first couple of years so mm -hmm. yeah but it that I think was a big transition too but I think everything together and with the new coach so when I heard that my old coach mm -hmm. was leaving you never know what you're gonna get I mean that really happens anywhere and didn't end up being the greatest fit for me um, I was hoping that it was going to be but yeah that was also another hard thing I had to be able to learn how to deal with things not really going my way and mm -hmm. which I think made me a lot stronger and really appreciate things 
especially coming here to Sac State. And yeah, just having coaches, not, not everybody's going to love the coach that you have, but mm-hmm. I really learned to appreciate those little things that the coaches did for me. And yeah, it was definitely lots of, I think I went through the biggest, those were the most transitions in a short period of time mm-hmm. in those first couple of years of college. And I was 18, 19, and (laughs) having to deal with so much at that point. I I did things that I, I handled some things that I wish I would have handled differently, but I feel like you go through that and you have to learn from it (laughs) somehow. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that a lot of this happens where a student athlete comes in at the collegiate level Mm -hmm. and they get injured or it's yeah. like a big injury yeah and yeah. you have to redshirt mm-hmm. and sit out and so you got to this new environment you started with this team then you get injured mm-hmm. and then you are sometimes left with okay now you have to manage yourself yeah. both mentally and physically yeah. in attempting to return to the game while being a supportive teammate for your teammates who are yeah. able to play so that at 18 mm-hmm. is yeah. hard. So kind of talk about maybe how you managed it and then how you grew from yeah. that experience. I'd say my freshman year, I didn't manage it very well. <laughs> um, you know, the freshman mm-hmm. 15, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I definitely, mm-hmm. after getting injured, can't work out like you used to. And um, we have the dining commons and <laughs> all that. So I I gained a lot of weight that year, but after after that year, I came home and I worked my butt off in the summer to get back for that second year. But yeah, I that first year, I would definitely say I did not. I wasn't able to manage it because I didn't really know how to, and mm-hmm. I just kind of got sucked up into some things that I probably shouldn't have and nothing terrible but just things that life like you know college life and lots of people get into that but I wish I hadn't but I also and I learned from it and it may have taken a little while but I now later in life I can look back and say oh yeah like I can learn from it and know that how to handle things now and handle different coaches and handle bosses even mm-hmm. out of sports and everything and yeah and really think for myself rather than letting so many other people influence me you know as Bethany talked about this too maybe you can elaborate a little bit too mm-hmm. when the athlete is injured and you need to support your yeah what is that like? How do you do that? How do you sit on the sidelines and support yeah. when you're not not there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just do what you can. I was at I was still at every practice, every game, uh some road games I wasn't, but yeah, you you do what you can to still help the team, but you're not going to be able to do what you're used to being mm-hmm. on the team and practicing. But I would talk to teammates and try to help them if their shots off. Hey, I think maybe try this or mm-hmm. try that or on just being there encouraging them, but always being there and just because things aren't going your way doesn't you're still on a team. It's not like a sport that it's just you. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that I do love about basketball and I think that it helps a lot of a lot of young players, young people um learn how to work with other people because I think a lot of things these days are very much like about yourself and to be able to reach out to other people work with other people learn to do that it's you have to make yourself better in order to make the group better so I would be in the gym and I think that's really when I developed a shot a really good jump shot Mm -hmm. because I would be in there just working on my form every day and doing what I can't could because I couldn't really jump I couldn't really uh, run or anything for a while so yeah it just doing what you can and supporting and being there for your teammates and that's really that's really an important (laughs) thing to think about and also I love the idea that you said 
when you got injured, that allowed you to be get good yeah. at your jump shot. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. always like you, you can always be, work on something. And yeah. that it had you not been injured, <laughs> that may not have that developed yeah. as well as it did in exactly. your exactly. Yeah. 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 So that I totally agree. It just it like I said, everything happens for a reason. And I ended up in not even much in high or in uh, college, I didn't necessarily shoot the three. I always could, but wasn't super consistent. But overseas, I um, I had one year where I think I was forty two percent from the three, mm -hmm. and I because I worked on it, and I had that base because of that year. I had that base to work off of because once you really get it, you don't lose it unless you just stop working on it and you're always working on it if you're working out doing basketball at any level so yeah so I nice. definitely I'm very thankful for that mm, yeah. yeah absolutely so when you kind of came to the the thought process or the decision mm -hmm. to transfer talk about that like yeah you know <laughs> that you you committed to UCSB yeah. You gave it two years, but then mm -hmm. obviously there yeah. was something that wasn't aligning mm -hmm. anymore yeah. uh, for you in that point in time. So talk about how that transferring process. Yeah, was. that was not an easy process. I, I don't like to commit to things and then back out of mm -hmm. them. That's one thing I, I have never liked to do. <laughs> um, I don't think anybody does, but I really like, I really feel like when I commit to something, I want to stay with it. But when it's not good for you anymore, then I think mm -hmm. it's, you got to make that decision for yourself. And that whole year, I would call my parents crying mm -hmm. and it just, it it was miserable because at that level, basketball is your whole life and school and everything. So that's really all that matters. And I just, after a while, just talking to my parents and, and everything, I just decided that it would be best for me to leave. That conversation with my coach did not go how I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. um, it was a tough conversation. She was not happy, but I ultimately you kind of you can't make everybody happy right so i i had to make that decision for myself in order for to keep my sanity <laughs> and be happy so i had no idea where i was going to go or if i would have schools looking at me because i didn't play for 2 years pretty much mm -hmm. i played a little bit that second year but not enough to really get any great film or anything so it was a a tough decision. Um, luckily, it worked out very well. Jamie Craighead was the coach at Sac State at that point, and she she called me. I talked to her. I can't remember how it happened, but talked to her, and she brought me in. It was kind of a last minute, like really quick thing. Mm -hmm. I came home and came for a visit. Um, I think it was over spring break or something, and she it. Sac State was a very, very different style of play from UC Santa Barbara. Oh, Santa Barbara was okay. very structured. We had a whole binder full of plays. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we, it was probably at least 50 plays. Um, mm -hmm. My coach was very smart, very detail oriented, whereas JC was mm -hmm. very she called it controlled chaos <laughs> so we had a couple plays kind of just to structure us but then it was do like just play out of it do what you can and and I absolutely loved that I felt like I was very micromanaged in the other system and that works for some players and that I had no idea coming out of high school what worked for me because I didn't really think about that. And I think a lot of high schoolers don't really know that, uh, how, the different systems. And I just kind of did what my coach told me and I was like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, coming here, I, I had so much fun playing and um, it was definitely an adjustment. And our conditioning was we, I felt like I was on the track team and slash soccer team sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we, 
ran a lot, <laughs> but I got in the best shape of my life, and it was a it was a great a great choice for me in the end. And I wasn't sure if it was when I first made that decision, but looking back on it, and even when I was in, in college still, maybe a year or so afterwards, I was very happy with it. And I did have to redshirt. So I ended up only playing three years in college because I had to redshirt again um, when I transferred because I went D1 to D1. And I ended up having another knee surgery at the end of my redshirt year. That first year here at Sac State, but I I still came back for the next season. It luckily happened. I think I had surgery. It was in June. So yeah, yeah so it and I luckily did not have any like major ACL or anything. It was just more of a six week recovery and whether it's a long term surgical intervention yeah. or something where like you said, it's an ankle, it's a yeah. wrist, it's whatever. Yeah you're going to have to deal with some injuries along yeah, the way. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is problematic with that, the nervousness over loss of playing time and loss of the starting spot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, my freshman year going into that season, I really felt like I was going to get some good playing time. I, I didn't know. It happened early. Uh, my first surgery, I think I had surgery in October. Um, but had been out for about a month or so. So school didn't start until September and season starts in October. So I never really got a chance to see if I was going to play much. I didn't even get to go to preseason that year. But (sighs) sports is, I would say, 80% mental. And coming back from an injury is so hard and even the little injuries being able to fight through that sometimes I, I've i played on so many ankle sprains and some of them you can't play on at all but, right. but if you roll it some people and everybody has different pain tolerance but I think being able to push through things can help you but you also have to be able to know when like when to when to say when and stop because if you I always tell my players because I coach now if it is that bad you're just going to make it worse Mm -hmm. if you're playing on it if it's not you have to be able to decipher that for yourself because nobody else really knows how you're feeling if it's that bad then sit out and you'll just have to work harder to get back to your spot but yeah it's definitely a, a big worry when you're trying to make that starting spot or yeah. keep that starting spot especially if you have somebody working really hard mm-hmm. to right. to yes. take it from you right. so that is it's a hard part of the game but yeah it, if you show your coaches that you will work hard and you're not just gonna oh I'm I'm hurt today or I don't feel good and coaches can tell when mm-hmm. you're just making excuses or when you're actually really hurt if they see that you're trying to push through things, usually most coaches will be be able to tell and say, okay, sit down, you're fine. You'll come back and we'll, we'll keep your spot or whatever. Yeah. If It just depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's definitely a huge part of it for yeah. sure. Yeah. With athletes, you know, who are kind of in that interesting time of mm-hmm. either they just got injured yeah or they're they're battling lineup per se mm-hmm. right like they're in they're out they're yeah. in they're out and it's you know as a as a former gymnast who kind of went through that what I look back now and reflect on now and when I work with athletes we talk about what can you control because all of these things are external factors yeah. like your coach's decisions as much as you can work hard and prove that you are ready to be in that spot they might have a different vision for that game or for that Mm meet. so I think you speaking to athletes like just working hard and getting to know yourself and that pain management and Mm -hmm. when is it time to say I gotta sit out because I know if I sit out I'm gonna be better you know by this time Mm -hmm. right so that in itself at like between 18 and and 22 it's a it's hard yeah Yeah. you don't know and you have to but you have to have that fight Mm -hmm. to be able to figure it out Mm -hmm. and it's 
you're not always going to be perfect. Nobody is, but you have to trust yourself, but be able to figure it out and not, not beat yourself up if you make a mistake or do something that maybe you shouldn't have or yeah, it's, it's a hard time that cause you're growing a lot. And I know I am a totally different person even now than I was then. Right. You grow, I would say twenties is the most you grow. Mm-hmm. I don't know, obviously I don't know about the rest of your life, but yeah. you really figure out who you are at that point. Yeah. And just how you have to find out if you have that work ethic and drive to be able to fight through it because I always say if you don't love it then don't do it in college (laughs) or at least at the d1 level at Mm -hmm. a high level if you don't love it you're gonna hate it because Mm -hmm. they own you and Mm -hmm. if you you're gonna hate it sometimes yeah but you have to be able to find that reason and find why you're doing it and be able to stick with that. If you don't have a foundational reason for what you're doing, then everything, it's just, you're going to find excuse after excuse. And I see that a lot coaching because a lot of these players are just doing it for fun. And there's no, that's, there's no problem with that. But if you're trying to get to a certain level or, get somewhere and you can't just think it's going to fall in your lap. You can't feel mm-hmm. entitled to it without putting in the work. And I see that a lot these days. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, that's hard. So. so as you talk about too, the mindset, the growth mindset that mm-hmm. you have now, and then um, having the drive mm-hmm. and moving. So talk about the next phase yeah. of that now. Yeah. So yeah. what did, you know, the mindset or the growth mindset of moving into the professional ranks Mm -hmm. and the drive. So talk about that. Yeah. So that is a totally different thing because you're not in college, you have coaches and trainers and you have everything there for you. You have a schedule they set out for you after college. (laughs) You don't have that. It has to be totally self-motivated. And that was one thing that I learned, I, I needed to have a trainer, have somebody keeping me accountable. Some people don't need that. They can work out and do everything themselves. But I ended up going to get a strength and conditioning trainer. I had a guy that I worked with with basketball. I have had multiple basketball trainers that have helped me through um, my professional career and I found that that works for me because if I, if I did it all myself and I, I can, but I would just feel like, Oh, I'm not going to do that today. Oh, I want to go do this instead. But I would have set days where I was working out and that's what I did for a job. So you have to find what, again, you have to find what's good for you at that point in your life and how, what is going to be best for you and get you better because you, you moved, don't have everything and you yeah. moved into the professional how did that all happen then? yeah so after after college I'd always wanted to play overseas it was never never something I had to do it was something I was always interested in and I had gotten some messages and um, letters and stuff for combines which is like a showcase mm-hmm. for um, overseas and so I ended up going to one in Las Vegas. My mom and I flew out there and I really went just, I'll try this out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, that's fine. And I'll move on and figure out what I'll do after this. But that was kind of my one thing that I, I was like, I'll, I'll try this combine. If it works, fine. If not, I, let's see, I flew out, it was probably in July or so to Vegas and did this combine and ended up, it was kind of weird how it all happened. Ended up meeting this agent who, he wasn't even there for our combine. He was there for the men's. There's a bunch of different ones going on. And, but he was taking, his wife was taking a team out to Switzerland, a women's American team to play against different professional teams out there. 
um, in order to get some film and try to get looked at out there. So he came by, was kind of watching and ended up seeing me and really liked how I played and ended up talking to me and my mom. And that connection right there was something that probably shouldn't have happened or would have never happened, but I was playing really well that weekend. I think because I didn't put any pressure on myself, I was, I was playing probably the best I had played <laughs> ever. So it worked out. I ended up going to Switzerland with the team and there had been an a uh, Polish agent at that combine as well. Um, I talked to him a little bit, but didn't really go any further after that until I was over in Europe. So I went for two weeks to Switzerland with the team. We traveled around. We played in Luxembourg and, and all over Switzerland. So for about two weeks. And at the end of that, I my agent was like, do you want to stay for a couple more weeks? Like you and a couple other girls. Um, it's easier for us to sell you to teams, not sell you, but being out there because they don't have to pay for a flight from America. Yeah. So it makes it easier. But yeah, so I ended up, I called my parents so it was the morning out there, but it was the middle of the night for them. It was like, hey, mom and dad, do you care if I stay out here by myself for a couple more weeks? Because they were all going back, my agent was and everything. I hadn't signed with the agent yet, but they said, we'll help you try to find a team. If you do, then we'll sign you. And mm. so they were, they were great. And they really helped me a lot. And yeah, so I stayed, I, we kind of bounced around to different teams and practiced with them and stayed in hostels and yeah, it was quite an experience, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I did a lot of this, but yeah, so ended up getting picked up on a team in Poland mm -hmm. and flew out from Switzerland out to Poland and Mind you, I had packed for two weeks of being in Switzerland. I, I kind of packed because I knew that it, there was a possibility of mm -hmm. staying out there. Right. But yeah, so went straight over to Poland and I was in a little town called Konin and it was tiny, <laughs> not much out there, but I was really excited. It, I was in the top league out there and it was, it was their first year in the top league, their first season. And then we had three rookies, three American rookies, and everybody else coming from the second league moving up. Um, we did not start out very well, and they we weren't really winning many mm -hmm. games, and it was tough because when you're an American playing on teams out there, you get blamed for pretty much everything. <laughs> and so they, yeah, so. I ended up leaving that team in November, December, talking to my agent because they had kind of threatened to to send us home and they were going back and forth with, with us a lot on that. Like, oh, we're going to send you home. Oh, no, we're not. And then, so I made a decision. I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to do something else. So I talked to my agent. He ended up finding me another team in Germany. So went straight from Poland to Germany. I think I took a bus from there and joined this new team. And I finished out my season there. We did really well uh, and made playoffs there and until, well, we made playoffs. We played our first round. Our point guard, we had four Americans on that team, which was a lot. You don't usually have four, <laughs> four foreign players on um, a team over there. But so one of our point guards, she got hurt. Uh, she ended up having hurt problems, I think. And she was one of our best players. Yeah. One of our German players got hurt. I don't remember what it was. And then we were going into our second playoff game. It was one or two days before. And I like, I sprained my ankle mm -hmm. really bad like couldn't mm -hmm. walk on it it was it was bad I think I tore three ten ruptured three tendons wow, so wow. that was another mm -hmm. injury <laughs> um yeah so that was a tough way to end it but I was very 
grateful for that year. It was a lot of fun, lots of ups and downs. Um, Seems like a completely good learning experience. Mm, absolutely, too, to just yeah. Deal with. Yeah. I mean, yeah. here you are in another country, exactly. and you're having to figure this out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And having to communicate with people who don't really speak English. Yeah. In Germany, our our coach, luckily, he was British, so that yeah. was easier. But when I was in Poland. We had one or two people that really, that we could communicate with easily. So that, yeah, it's a totally different way of having to figure out how to deal with things and speak and communicate with people that don't mm -hmm. have yeah. don't know how to talk to you. So, and we don't have that here in America as much. <laughs> you, right. I mean, everybody speaks English and most countries over there, it's their English is the second language. So it does help a lot. So that was another big thing. So. And then you moved from Germany to Austria. How did that? No. So then um, I, the next year from Germany, I went to Italy. So mm -hmm. I played in Italy for a season stayed there the whole season and then after that season I went and played in Prague so I played there well you did hit some yeah I did awesome <laughs> that is one thing yeah. I can I am so blessed because some people they get stuck in some really I mean it's really cool being over there anyways but I and I definitely am grateful for my agent for all of that because they got me to some awesome countries and awesome cities. Um, Italy was one of my favorite countries. And Where'd you play? Parma. It's up northern Italy. It's near mm -hmm. Venice and Milan. Okay. Mm -hmm. We had a car, me and my teammate. We traveled around everywhere and had a lot of fun. Made some great friends over there. And yeah, so Italy was awesome. Then went to, yeah, to Prague. And then the next year went to Turkey. Mm. So I was in Turkey, but ended up, I left that team early. I left that team about the same time. It was like November, December, but ended up being fine. It, it worked out because, well, one of my friends lived in Germany at the time. She was playing in Germany at the time and they get about two weeks off for Christmas. And so I went flew up and visited her and we went on a little vacation to Barcelona, London, and Paris. And that was one of the greatest trips. <laughs> it was really fun. And then it worked out that I, because if I had stayed in Turkey, I had talked to some coaches in Australia. Um, I had wanted to go over there, but their season starts in February, March. So I wouldn't have been able to if I had stayed in Turkey because I would have been in Turkey till about May. So um, it ended up working out perfectly that I came home for about a month. And then I think, yeah, I think it was about March that I went out to Australia and I played there and loved Melbourne and played on one team my first year. Coaches changed that year. And so I ended up going to a different team the next year, but I was still in the same city. So it was fun. I made a lot of friends and still am very close with some of them and it was wow. quite a journey for five years so and now it's been about a year since I got home and this is the first full year that I've been home since college I think. I think it's such a good story for you know up-and-coming student-athletes to hear that have maybe the dream yeah right and yeah. to kind of break it down and say you know I took a bus. I stayed in a hostel. Yeah, it was crazy. I, you know, I went yeah. to a couple different countries mm -hmm. on a couple different teams and had to navigate yeah. different cultures and different languages. So yeah. I, I love that you had that experience. Mm -hmm. And I know that you probably took so much from it. Yeah. Yeah. I grew a lot and not even realizing it. Mm -hmm. You kind of, you're kind of just doing it. My, my parents would be like, you're crazy. You're going out there by yourself. And <laughs> I was always a homebody growing up. So I would probably be the last one that in my family that you would expect to do all this, but I never really was, I mean, I was nervous, but it was always just fun. And I, I, I loved it. It was something that I will forever remember and be grateful for. You know, it seems, though, that your prep 
<laughs> was your college experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. In dealing mm -hmm. with the adversities in terms of the injuries and yeah. then the coaching changes and all that, because yeah. as you talked about your college experience, that mirrored yeah. a lot of what was going on in Absolutely. your professional experience. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I actually, I haven't really thought about that that way, but that's very true. You built that resilience and that grit. And then when you went through there, you, you not only, even if you may not have had a conscious decision that I got this, yeah, you got this. Yeah. And then you took yeah. it even to the next level. And exactly. as you're moving, bouncing from not just team to team, yeah. but yeah. country to country. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Definitely. And I... Through that, I think I have learned to be able to trust my gut and really, I'm a Christian, so I really like try to pray about a lot of things. And if, if I feel like something is not right for me and really pray about it and really trying to figure that out, if I think that I need to make this decision to leave or whatever it is, um, to even make the decision to sign on a team. Mm -hmm. I really, I've learned that, you know, if I feel like it's a good thing for me or a bad thing for me that I need to leave, then it usually is. Because when I make a decision, not quickly, but when I think about it and make that decision, I tend to be very thankful that I did. Mostly the toughest decisions mm -hmm. because I yeah you have to figure that out and that's that's definitely taken some time and i think that started with going into college um making that decision to stay at santa barbara and then making the decision to transfer and then making the decision to go overseas and so on after that and even leaving turkey that was a very hard decision but it ended up working out because i wanted to go play in australia and it was perfect timing so i and people say this a lot that you'll oh you'll understand it at the end but you do you things work out and sometimes they don't work out how you want them to or how you think they will but for the most part everything in my life has worked out for the best and I've really learned to just trust that process and, yeah. and be flexible because not everything is going to go how you want it to <laughs> clearly <laughs> so yeah that's what I've had to learn for sure so you talk about decisions I'm curious about your decision mm -hmm. to come back home yeah if you talk to my friends over the last couple years and my family and everyone I think they knew that I was about ready to hang him up for, for a while over the last couple of years. I never really was at that point though. I, I always said, you know what, if I got injured or if something happened that I couldn't go on, I would be happy with my career and what I did. But I kept, I got some jobs and I just kept wanting to play. So I took those jobs. Um, when I got the Australian job, I knew I wanted to go to Australia and I wanted to end my career there mm -hmm. because I knew once I left Europe, I, I didn't want to go back. If I did, I would be gone all year because Australia, their league is in our summer. So I'd be gone for our summer and then Europe starts right after the Australian league. So it's hard because I have lots of nieces and nephews and there, well, my oldest nephew was born right before I started this whole thing. So he's six now. So I, I missed out on a lot of their lives, which it sucks, but I'm very thankful for FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't, I didn't want to be gone the whole year because I wasn't, I wasn't in the beginning of my career and I was kind of winding down at that point anyways. So, so yeah, Australia, the first year I loved it, wanted to do another year, but I also was like, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I only want to sign with a team that I feel really good about. That's going to let me play how I want to play and everything. So I ended up taking that second season in Australia and I was a couple months in 
and the season ended up not going how we wanted it to but even before it was we we weren't we knew that we weren't going to make playoffs or <clears throat> or anything so um i i got this feeling like i'm done mm-hmm. i'm done after the season and i don't want to do this again and i wasn't sure what was going to happen the next season and i i was just kind of at a point where i'm like i don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. i don't want to go into another year not knowing what i'm going to be doing and if i'm going to like the coach if i'm going to like the team and i'm very thankful that my career didn't end because of an injury or it ended on my terms and I made the decision to be done because I'm, I can still play and I do still play in some rough leagues out here and (laughs) I'll go play open gym against some colleges and I still play, but I play for fun now. I am very happy that I'm at that point and can still, still play and not, not just so, like injured and (laughs) can't move anymore so um yeah that it was an easy decision but it also I I think it took a couple years to come to that decision too because from the beginning I had said I want I only want to do this for like five years but that at that point I was like I don't even know if I'll make it for five years if I'll get on (laughs) get on teams for five years so when I got to that five-year mark I was like well maybe I'll go another year but I I knew I was at a point like maybe a sixth but not that would probably be it so when I hit that five-year mark I I guess I was done so I guess I was right in the beginning Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I definitely feel like I did everything that I wanted to I went to some incredible countries and stayed in some great cities so so to kind of wrap things up Mm -hmm. give like if you can like three pieces of advice that you go I would give this to me as an 18 year old yeah yeah you know injuries will come and they will go (laughs) I'd say you need to have a mental toughness to be able to push to the goal no matter what the goal is it may not even be in sports or you have to be able to push yourself beyond kind of the limits that you think you can because in college when I came to Sac State I was not a great runner but I almost died like every day and I but that's I'm so thankful to my coach that she pushed us but never too far but it was further than I ever ever thought I would be able to get but I would say mentally in anything if you are mentally tough you can do pretty much anything and I know a lot of coaches say that but it's so true Um, your mentality I think is the most important tool that you can have um trusting yourself i'd say you really and whatever you believe i yeah i know i said i'm a christian but whatever you believe i said just trust trust the process and you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna you're gonna do different things that maybe you won't be very proud of but you learn from it you can't can't beat yourself up for a mistake you made or bad decision that you that you made and trust yourself and go with your gut if it's not something that's making you happy or not necessarily it doesn't have to make you happy all the time but if you don't feel like you're going towards that goal that you've set for yourself then maybe you should find something else mm-hmm. i think yeah. that was true yeah, yeah. 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 okay yeah. I, think okay. A, I think that's a great way to yeah. actually finish it up is Good. this whole notion of trusting your gut I, yeah, I really like yeah. that yeah mm-hmm. and I really lately I think I really learned to to do that and yeah I think that's a huge thing and people especially these days with all the social media and everything everybody goes to everyone else for their opinions mm. and sometimes like in Turkey I I had one day I had been texting friends and because I was trying to figure out whether I should stay there or not. And I, there was one day I just got overwhelmed and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to anybody. (laughs) And I sat there and I prayed and I tried to figure out what I wanted. And I like, it was really weird. All of a sudden I just was like, I need to leave. 
I can't. And I had such a peace about it when I, and I know when I've made decisions like that and I like, it's like a weight lifts mm-hmm. off your shoulders. Right. Yeah. And I know right then that I made, I made a decision that it was right. And so you have to be able to get to that point and figure it out what is best for yourself. And you have to go through good and bad things because you're not going to be able to appreciate the good when Mm -hmm. you haven't even been through anything bad. So. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was great. If you or someone you know is struggling with school, academics, sports related issues, please don't wait for the situation to get out of control or worse. You are the most important part of this university. Your well-being is our concern and focus. Call 916-278-6461 today. Speak with a student counselor and get direction on where you can find help. You can also visit The Well for one-on-one counseling. If you or someone you know may be contemplating personal harm or harming others, immediately call 911 or 800-273-8255. You are not alone. Athletes Interrupted was made possible by a grant from the NCAA to support the development of well-being and resilience in student-athletes both during college and after graduation. This program was developed and research conducted by Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn and Bethany Crouch. Dr. Michael Flynn is currently a professor at Sacramento State, is a nurse practitioner, and has created a system of recovery from trauma focused on post-traumatic growth. She lectures extensively on metahabilitation, is an author and an expert on post-traumatic growth and the subsequent rehabilitation. Bethany Crouch is Student Athlete Development and Academic Success Coordinator at her alma mater, Sacramento State. She spent 12 years in competitive gymnastics having reached level 10 as well as competing at the NCAA collegiate level. Injury ended her athletic career, but guided her to her ultimate professional goal as an athletic advisor specializing in student athlete development.